Sometimes I'm just so grateful. From the ashes, he makes beautiful things. And I don't know if you, if that resonates. That man, it resonates in my heart. It resonates. Probably gonna need a couple more. <laughs> it's funny because I have this opener and, sorry, I'm not gonna use my notes like we practiced. I've been in this um, funk of thinking I like I've been so overwhelmed because I look at my calendar does anyone else use the calendar and there's dots and so you can see the dots on your calendar and every dot every day is a dot <laughs> and some of those are 12 hour days and I think in the month of July we're teaching rest as a church and restoration and so I've been trying to practice this, but I look at my calendar and I'm like, there is a dot every day. <laughs> and I, um, I look at that and then I tell myself this story of like, this is overwhelming. I tell myself this story of, uh, you've got too much to do. And then I look through this lens of my life like, this is overwhelming, you've got too much to do, you're not capable of doing it, and then I live my life in this funk. So I go to bed saying to myself, I don't want it to be tomorrow. I get up and think, I'm tired. I get up and I think, okay, we're gonna do it, let's go, and then I look at my day and I'm like, oh gosh. And I've been telling myself this story over and over and over again, and I'm not kidding, it was last week where I was like, sister, you are telling yourself the wrong story. The story we tell ourselves will always shape the outlook of our life. The story, we are the narrator of our life. And what we narrate matters because it shapes how we live. It shapes how we step into the day. It shapes how we see the month. It shapes how I see my life. And I stopped and I said, every single thing on this calendar is what I want to give my life to. Every single dot represents an appointment. Those kids... <laughs> There is nothing I would rather give my life to than seeing the call of God in their life. Them saying yes, them seeking him first above anything else, them changing their life trajectory because they've decided that he is good. That it's not just an idea out in the world, but he is alive and there is something when you are connected to him that makes you better. And I look at those dots on the calendar and I say, this is the life I want. God has chosen me to be a part of this and how lucky am I? How blessed am I that this is my one life? And you know that changes the trajectory? When my mindset switches to the blessing and to this beautiful thing that God is doing in the world and I get to be a part. He chose me. <laughs> Sometimes it's just so overwhelming. And how quickly our mindset can slip and go back 
to the ugly. In Exodus, there's this group of people that God has chosen to be like his people. In the formation of the world, it was like time. He has made these promises to the ancestors long ago, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and he said, I'm going to have your descendants. They're going to be my people. And he chose the Israelite people, and at the time they were enslaved in Egypt. And the Bible tells us that God heard their cry, and it was time for him to do something about it. And he chose Moses. He chose Moses to go, to be courageous. Moses tried to get out of it, y'all. He tried. (laughs) But God didn't let him because he knew he was the man for the job. And Moses goes, and it's through miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle that God shows up in these people's life. And it's not that life was easy. It's not that it was like, God! It was no. It was they, they, they had these horrible things, but time and time again, God showed up. And they got to feel his strength. They got to feel his protection. They got to see the beauty of who he was. And now they're free, and now it's time to, like, go into this land that God promised, the promised land, flowing with milk and honey. That sounds disgusting to me, but evidently back then that was pretty good. I'd prefer different things. (laughs) And it's like this culmination. There comes this moment. And Moses goes up on the mountain, and God's talking to him, and that's where you'll see, like, the Ten Commandments and those things. But the people, they started to tell themselves a story. They started to tell themselves that Moses probably wasn't going to come back. They had no idea when he was coming back. And I think fears start to crep in. Because, man, can we not do that well? Mama can do that real well. I can, I can practice and rehearse why I can't do something expert level, okay? I can practice and rehearse all the horrible things that have happened and the fear comes in, and I will let it take over. I will let it tell me a story. Most of my life, I let fear tell me a story. And these people who God had just, I mean, I'm not kidding, it was like all these miracles and the stinking sea opened and they walked across it. Manna from heaven, they were hungry, like it was God providing time and time and time again. But then they had to wait. (laughs) Then they weren't sure. They were out of control. And so they came up with their own plan. And one of the biggest things that God said, he said, I am the one true God. This world is going to want to tell you I'm not. This world is going to want to give you every reason why I am not, but I want you to know you are set apart. You are my people. Follow me, and don't put the other gods before me. And the first chance they got, they took off their jewelry, and they made a golden calf. I think that was big back in Egypt. (laughs) And they substituted the one true God, the God of the universe for something so cheap, for something so fake, 
And I think about all the times in my life that I have done this, that I have substituted the need and the desire of my heart for God and God alone, and I've substituted it for something so much less. When, when my heart was like, I just, I want to feel loved, I would seek it out through attention or through the wrong thing. But it was only God and God alone who would fill. When I've needed comfort, I've substituted food. Can I get one amen? <laughs> my jeans are a little snug. But there is no food that will ever fill the way my heavenly father will fill. When I've been afraid, I've tried to seek comfort, and I've tried, I've tried all these things, and man, I know you're with me. I know I'm not alone up on this stage. We have substituted the glory and the beauty and the majesty of our true God for something cheap, for something less than. And today, I believe God's calling us back to him. Maybe he's calling you to him for the very first time because he wants you to see that a life with him is so much better than a life without him. He wants you to see that there's beauty and dignity and life when you follow him. And I think in life, like, we know the feeling of being outside of what God's wanted for us. I know I do. I know that there are these consequences that come with it, right? When we're outside of what God wants for us, there's consequences, and I know that. Not that he's punishing, but that it's the natural act of when I'm outside of what I'm supposed to be doing in my life, there's going to be results that I don't want. And God looks at his people, and he says, I'm going to be faithful because that's who I am. I am a faithful God. And I'm going to send an angel before you, and I want you to go into the promised land that I have said I will give you. But I cannot go with you. The people hear this, and they start to mourn. And I think when you have experienced a little bit of the presence of God, your heart longs for it more. When you taste the goodness of what he has to offer, Something inside of you craves it. When you say yes to him and you go through some of the hard, but you see the beauty and how it's worth it, it becomes like a craving that can't be satisfied by anything else in this world. It can only be satisfied by God. And they mourned. And they took off the jewelry. And Moses went, and he set up this tent outside the camp. And he sought, sought God in a special way. And what he says to him, I want it to be like a little bit of an anthem for us. I missed it, but let me go back. It's verse, Exodus 33, verse 11. Moses went and he sought God, and it says, The Lord used to speak Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend. Sometimes I think we have the wrong view of who our God is. Sometimes I think the pain that's happened in our life has um, shaded us to the reality. Maybe what people have said or done have clogged our vision of who God actually is, but right here in scripture, Moses goes and he seeks God face to face. 
Now, face-to-face doesn't mean that he saw God's face. It means that there was a closeness. There was like a plain language that he could understand him in. He talked to God face-to-face as a friend, not a CEO, not a judge, not a lawyer or president, but he talked to him as a friend. I don't know who in here is searching for a true friendship. I don't know who in here has a hole in their heart that they're just trying to fill. But your heavenly father is a friend that you can trust. Your heavenly father is the safest place for you to land, the safest place for you to go because he knows you. He knows the cry and the desire of your heart. He hasn't just been a part of this world and doing all these big things. He knows everything. There's this beautiful idea that God is omnipresent, right? We've heard it. And often in my life, I heard that uh, God is everywhere. But here's the truth. Everything is in front of God. He sees the beginning from the end. There is no time in his realm, so he sees everything. He knows you at your saddest, most loneliest, weakest moment. He knows you. And he longs to love you in the kind of way that your heart will be open to. He longs to be a friend. And I think sometimes we seek him and we seek him and we are like the Israelites. We're like, bro, I have been waiting. And then we stop. We turn to the cheap substitute. We turn to the false whatever, and we just keep doing life, but there's something still broken and lonely. And God is the God Almighty in heaven who is not something that we just give up on. He is a consistent, beautiful God that we say, I will stick with him till the end. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Thanks, baby. I love you more. Moses then talks to God, and he says, verse 13, Now therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways, that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Moses is seeking God, and the first thing he says is, If I have found favor, Father, please let me know you. Because you know where real favor is found? It's not found in our circumstances. Real favor is always found in the presence of God. And it's not our circumstances that keep dictating us. It's the beauty and the reality of who God is in our heart that shows us the favor of who he is. Let me know you. Please let me know you. I've been praying this prayer. Please let me know you in order that I can... Feel your favor. I hunger and I long for your presence. And then God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. All month we've been talking about this rest and this restoration and it's like, I feel like if I can just shut off, then it's going to fuel me, right? But the truth is the, the rest that my heart desires, the restoration that my soul needs, it's only found in the presence of our Lord God Almighty. The true desire of my heart is to be in his presence, 
Can I tell you the most powerful part about this whole story? It's in verse 15. It says, Moses says to God, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. God said, I'm going to take you into the promised land. I'm going to have an angel take you. That would sound pretty good to me, an angel leading me into the promised land. I'm in. Amen? But Moses, he goes deeper and he says, if your presence is not with me, I do not want to go. He's saying, I'd rather be in the wilderness with you than in the promised land without you. He's saying, I don't know what, what success looks like, or I don't even want to go for it unless you are there. I don't want the stage without my awesome God. I don't want a position at the church unless my God's presence goes with me. Jacob and I learned a long time ago if our relationship is going to be anything, we've got to invite the presence of God into it. And if the presence of God isn't into it, then I don't want it. Over and over, I just have to seek the presence of God, and I do that by just talking to him. I think sometimes we shortcut, and we, we think of all the reasons why we don't have to or why we shouldn't or the overwhelming big questions in life. There's a lot. I hear them all the time. I know some of the verses. I know all the things. But here's the truth. I shortcut myself by the overwhelmed and the anxiety instead of just saying, I just want to get to know you. And as I get to know you, I'll get answers. As I get to seek you and walk with you and follow you, you are what I desire, so please show me who you are. Please let me know you. And when you seek the presence of God in this way, something beautiful happens, I promise you. And here it is in verse 16. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? If there is anything beautiful about my life, it is because it's been touched by the presence of God. If there's anything special going on in the Berger family, it's because God has been invited in and the presence of who he is has touched it. It's not because we're special. It's not because we're good looking. <laughs> it's because God is awesome and he is with us. His favor sets you apart. His presence sets you apart. If you want the beauty in your life, if you want the beauty in your relationship, if you want something good and you've been seeking and seeking, then you invite the presence of God into it. There is a generation who needs us. There's a generation who is seeking and looking, and God is here, and he needs us to say, send me. He needs us to say, there's nothing in all the universe I desire more than you. I heard this song Sunday. I was upstairs with the kids. Wanted to hear Grace preach. And it stopped me in my tracks. Because it is the longing of my heart. And I ask that we just spend a few minutes no matter if you are a deep believer of faith or maybe you're just not sure about all of it. 
Could you just spend a few minutes seeking God right now? Could you spend a few minutes and just open your heart and say, I want it. I want to know you. And I don't want any of this stuff. I just want you.
story with our staff and my family, my parents. I don't even think some of my sisters know, but there's a time in my life where, like, there was just no joy. There was a time in my life where Jacob and I were struggling. Um, I led in the children's ministry, and I just, like, couldn't get it to grow. We were just, like, plateaued, and like, there was just no joy in my life. It was like, no matter what I tried, it wouldn't work. And I went upstairs into my office and, like, I just let everything go. And I just cried to God. I said, you are what I want. And I didn't tell anyone the story because it's a little weird. Can I be honest with you? <laughs> but there's this verse that Exodus says, 
Oh, I don't have it up here. It's Exodus 33. Can you grab me my phone, babe? I'm sorry, I don't want to miss it. Oh, I thought it was so good. I had him print, big print, so I could read the scripture today. It's worth it. Basically, what it says is, Moses asks God these things. He says, I want to know you. I want to be in your presence. And then God responds. And God says, I'm going to do just what you asked. He said, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do for you, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. And I was seeking God, and I was struggling, and there was no joy. And this thing happened. I closed my eyes. And because God is so personal, because he knows us intimately, I think he gives us what we don't even know what to ask for. And I closed my eyes, and I was seeking him, and it was this vision of me like this. I was like, my arms were spread out, and I was laughing so hard. And it felt like God said, I see you. I know you by name. And I've got you. If you are hungry to be in the presence of God, then seek him. Follow him. Stop telling yourself the wrong story. He knows you by name, and his favor is upon you. All you have to do is open up your heart and just say, I want to know you. Dear Heavenly Father, I love you. I ask, please, will you work in the hearts of all of us? I pray that we stop telling ourselves the wrong story that sell our life short, but instead we seek you and your presence first and above everything else, Father, so that we can know you, that there can be a favor about us because you have set us apart, that there can be something special, Father, because you have touched our life. I ask you for every person watching, every person hearing this right now, will you please do what only you can do? I ask you because you are faithful, you're strong, you're mighty, you're good, you're wise, you are everything, and I love you. In your son's mighty and powerful name we pray. Amen.